in multiple places in the scriptures, the church of God is called a household. And it's a picture of a family. And in at least two sections that I, I briefly looked up here in, in Timothy and uh, in Galatians, it is directly referenced as a household when talking about the proper structure of this family, this family of God. The, one of the scriptures is in 1 Timothy 3.15, when Paul is uh, writing to Timothy, his apprentice, and he says, If I delay in coming to visit, uh, you need to know how one should behave in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, a pillar and a buttress of the truth. So in those brief words, Paul's saying that I, I may not be able to visit soon. I'm sort of your spiritual grandfather because I'm Timothy's spiritual father. Timothy, you're in charge. And I'm, I've written these things to you in this letter, which we now considered a book of the Bible, which is a book of the Bible. Uh, and he says, in the household of God, which is what you are, the church of the living God, you're a pillar and a buttress of the truth. And a pillar and a buttress are, um, you know, architectural terms to talk about what holds up the house. Well, a buttress is, a, is something that keeps it from falling over in wind or in an earthquake. A pillar is what holds things up. And so it's this idea that this is the strength of the truth. This is the pillar of the truth, holding up the truth. This is a buttress of the truth, keeping the truth from swerving or being knocked over due to adverse conditions. And in this uh, scripture, I'm going to click on it now, he is directly talking about uh, how to arrange the church. He begins by talking about the qualifications for overseers. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, verse 1, he desires a noble task. And he goes on to talk about all the qualifications of what an overseer needs to be like. And then after that, what a deacon should be like. And a deacon is essentially a servant of the church, a worker in the church. And these qualifications are not degrees or skills or intelligence. They're character. They're a question of whether a person has displayed godliness in their character. Are they trustworthy? Do they, do they make the gospel of Christ look good because of the way that they live? Do they take care of their small church, that is their family, their wife, their kids, first? But back to what I was saying about the household. I've been meditating on this a little bit as uh, myself pastoring for nine years or so, maybe even close to 10 years at Grassroots Church. And this issue that I see that, that crops up so often, it's comforting to see in the scriptures how this is a, a common uh, human issue that pastors or preachers, it's very easy to look at your pastor, your preacher, your spiritual leader, your teacher, your overseer. These are all words used to describe that same person uh, and say, well, this is sort of a person who gets to preach at us on Sunday and sort of make sure that there's the, the, the gathering together for worship still happens. But, you know, if I don't really like their style of teaching, if I don't, if I disagree with something they said, if I was personally offended by something they said to me or by some kind of teaching, maybe I just, you know, they're not really my leader in the sense that they are guiding my spiritual walk from where I was to where I am and from where I am to where I'm going. And, and I think a lot of times we as church members um, remain in a community. And I'll, I'll mention that word community again. That's, it's not really a great word. 
to describe what a church is. Uh, we remain in that family. We think of it as a community. And we enjoy being with the other people there. Because, you know, if you've been in a church for a while, your closest friends are, and they should be, these people who confess the same thing as you, who have the same hope as you, who um, struggle and find the same solutions to those struggles in the scriptures, in Jesus. And, and so you, you're very slow to give up your, your support system of, your, of your, your closest friends, but you might just give up your pastor and your teacher and your overseer as really being uh, a guiding light and a guiding influence, influence on your life. Now, of course, there are many people in leadership positions who are not qualified in the least, and they haven't even tried to be qualified according to what the Bible teaches, but that's a separate topic. But the idea of a church as a family and not simply as a loosely based community, which we sometimes make the error of falling into that. Now, what is it? What do I mean by community? Because that could mean a lot of different things. The idea that the church is your community is kind of this idea that each church member just belongs to this group of people who are all call themselves Christians, all try to live somewhat the same way and sort of all believe the same things. You know, you may not handle your money all the same. You may not all vote the same for, uh, you know, politically. You may have different convictions when it comes to giving and, and all these peripheral issues, but at least you say that you believe in Jesus and you have hope in Jesus and you believe in the Bible and that's kind of enough to bind you together. Oh, and also there's some people who are pastors and, and on Sundays they, they, they come up and they speak and if, if they have something inspiring, it might help us in our life. And, but when it really comes down to it, a lot of times we, we view it as community first the leadership is sort of, if it works for me, it does. If not, it doesn't. And it really isn't the picture that the Bible gives us. It's not a, a church, a true church of God is doing something together. We have a purpose and a mission, not simply to be a support structure for one another in the different varied lives that we're living separately from each other. So-and-so is a fisherman. So-and-so is a welder. So-and-so is a college professor. So-and-so is a, you know, whatever, uh, auto mechanic, whatever it might be. And we're all kind of living these different lives and we, and we interact in this one thing. Um, no, it's not really the picture of what a church is. And this may be one of the reasons why churches are so weak spiritually a church should be a group of people who are continuously be, uh, being moved from one degree of faith into the next. And those who are called their pastors, their teachers, their elders, their overseers are supposed to be qualified men who can take you from where you are, your knowledge, uh, also your practice, you know, whether you're really living a virtuous life and you're really following Jesus's commands from one degree to the next. You're, you're supposed to be qualified, especially in the scripture, in teaching accurately, such that a person is, um, can come to you with questions and say, I'm struggling with this part of my spiritual life. 
And the pastor's not supposed to just solve that for you, but the pastor or teacher should be able to say, hey, go look at this scripture in Galatians. Go look at this letter that Paul wrote to Timothy. Go look at what Jeremiah was talking about as the Jews were in um, captivity in Babylon. And I think this will help you get where you need to go. Now, I think I might speak another time about how you can inadvertently become a false teacher, even though you didn't want to, by disagreeing with your pastor, by disagreeing with your leaders, and yet remaining in the community and disseminating information, which is your conviction, that is contrary to what the pastors are teaching. And I've been meditating on this recently of how so often those who I've seen come in and out of my church who who fit some of these descriptors of a false teacher, you know, in their mind, they're very innocent. In their mind, they're bringing this teaching, which is really helpful if Christians would get a hold of it, but they're not approaching the church as a family, which has a father, and the father is there to protect the children, which the scripture does say about pastors. The father is there to guide the children, to lead the children, to feed the, the sheep, to feed the flock, as Jesus told Peter. Uh, but rather, they've they found themselves in this community of Christians who, who welcome them in because they also call themselves a Christian. And, and so there, there can be this way of despising in the old use of that term to, to think it's very little that there's a leadership here, to think it's very little that, that this isn't so much a family as it is a community. And I found myself in this community, and this is a great opportunity for me to share some of these Christian things that I brought along with me. So look at these materials and I'm not really thinking about whether this is in line with or whether even it's totally opposed to what your overseer teaches. And there's a second way this could take place, uh, different from a person who f comes into a community, uh, a church, a household of faith, bringing uh, material with them that they're trying to help in their mind, people to understand, but not going through that door uh, of Jesus and of that overseer, not going through that that father, like coming into a house and just starting to talk to the children about uh, and teaching them differently than how their father is teaching them. Um, but rather, there can also be uh, someone who is a part of that church, let's say for a while, and over time, you find yourself sort of distant from the direction that, uh, that, that's being taught. You find maybe there was some kind of offense. Maybe there was uh, some kind of style difference. Maybe there's one area of faith that you just have a, have a difference. And instead of, um, you know, joining a different church or instead of approaching the leader, it can be very easy to, to just look and say, you know, well, I mean, these are just my friends. This isn't... Um, it isn't a problem for me to just express myself to my friends, like how I feel. And so I'm going to bring this book on finances. And it talks about, you know, how this certain prayer will help you to um, be wealthy because that's what God wants for you. You know, and all of a sudden here you are and in your heart innocent. But in reality, now you're disseminating uh, information about uh which is called the prosperity gospel information in that case about um, leading people away from 
the gospel, which is reconciliation with God and the hope in the future uh, resurrection and, and in all the things that Jesus accomplished on the cross in my example. And, and now you've become at least 50%, you know, you're a false teacher. It says in the, in the Bible that these wolves will come in and they go house to house and, and they're spreading um, their, their teaching and they're leading the weak astray and 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 that 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 is what pastors are supposed to guard against and i recognize um this can happen to you and i if we don't have an understanding of the church as a household of god let me pull up another household of god verse for us here the galatians uh, passage goes like this He's talking about being generous. He says, So then, as we Christians have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially those who are of the household of faith. Now, uh, as I open this up, this is Galatians 6, we find that in the beginning here, right before he says that, he's talking actually about financially supporting your pastor. It's not. This is not simply uh, only talking about how Christians should be generous uh, in a general sense, uh, he's saying, let the one who is taught the word, that is the church member, share all good things with the one who teaches, that is the teacher, overseer, pastor, uh, etc. Don't be deceived. God isn't mocked for whatever one sows that he will also reap. And he talks about your flesh or the one who sows to the spirit. And he's clearly talking about uh, supporting those who take the time to labor in preparing to preach and teach the word. And the concept here is that, and I'll try to wrap this up about the household of God. If we can understand that a church is a family, then we can also begin to understand that God will bless us living out our spiritual life like a family. In other words, do you have a problem you don't know how to solve? Go to your spiritual leader. Ask them if they know um, where you should go in the scriptures for this. Ask them to pray for you. Ask them to pray for healing for you, it says in the scriptures. And, and you may find, if you're in a good church which preaches the Bible, that there's more help there than you realize. Because not only is the person been qualified according to, we hope, uh, what the scripture teaches, especially in Timothy and, uh, and in Titus, where it directly addresses these issues. Not only have they been qualified, but in a real church, this person is recognized by this family, which is people filled with the Holy Spirit, that this person is recognized as a teacher who is able to teach, able to lead. So when you make use of this family structure, you're going to find that there is protection. If something is happening, especially spiritually, you're going to find that there's protection there. If you're in a church which is a part of a larger group of churches, like a denomination, you're going to find that maybe you have a really hard problem. That pastor, your pastor, can go up to the next level and say, hey, do you guys know of any good counselors or therapy? Um, or do you have any advice on this specific issue? And you can reach out into the community and begin to experience all the benefits and all the protection that God has for you. And 
uh, if we begin to understand ourselves as part of a family, we will not uh, despise that role of leadership, but actually we will protect it, support your leaders, and actually um, not allow for gossip or slander or false accusations to either come against the pastor, and there's a process for dealing with uh, you know, real accusations if they come about. So you won't allow that to happen to your leaders. You also won't allow uh, Satan, the enemy, to let lies creep into your mind and your heart so that it would be divisive and break up the, this household of faith that you found yourself in. Jesus even said about the, um, himself in Matthew 13, he said that when, when he went to his own hometown, they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, his disciples, or actually I believe it was to the people who took offense at him. He said, a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and in his own household. This is so common that Jesus spoke about himself saying, when I come back to my hometown where they all know me, where they've known me for a while, where they knew me from a, as when I was a child, and in my own household, and he's talking about his, his actual family, but there's a lesson here for us. When familiarity breeds contempt, we've all heard. And even in a church setting, it's so easy for us to become familiar with the people around us, with the leadership, with uh, your pastor, maybe with uh, assist, assist, associate pastors or pastors over certain areas. It is so normal and natural in the negative sense, fleshly, to be offended and to despise, that is to count it very small, uh, and to not give honor to that prophet which is in your own midst because you know them. So, saints, fight against this tendency within yourselves. Don't allow this to poison you and instead give honor to those prophets, as Jesus said, who are in your life and in your own household of faith. Another uh, scripture, this is also Jesus, and he's, he's telling a parable. And again, he says, um, the master has uh, servants whom he set over his household. This is Matthew 24, 45. And he says, Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom his master has set over his household to give them their food at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find doing so when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. Jesus had just finished telling a uh, parable about, let's see here, the, the wicked servant and the faithful servant, the wicked servant who is beating his, uh, his fellow servants, eating and drinking with uh, drunk people, and that that person will be punished when the master returns. In fact, he says he will cut him into pieces and put him with the hypocrites. But the one who is faithful so that when the master returns, he is, and look at what he says, giving food at the appropriate time. Blessed is that servant. Now, spiritually, this is exactly what the scripture says all over the place. A pastor, a spiritual leader's primary job is to feed the sheep. Feeding the sheep spiritually means 
rightly interpreting and rightly preaching and rightly holding up the truth of God that's revealed in Scripture. If your pastor is doing that, if your pastor is rightly dividing the word of truth, hold on to him, honor him, support him, find yourself as a part of this household of faith that God has given you.